really need to tell better stories instead of complaining about it, right? What if we right. just start telling the stories and really flood the airwaves with something different? Welcome back to the podcast, and this is episode 44, like take seven, uh, and it's going to drop after episode 45, so if you're wondering, hey, where's this episode 44 that you reference in episode 45? Uh, technical problems, so I'm re- re-recording this, and you know, the problem is I don't have a manuscript, so I, I don't do manuscript. I just have bullet points, which is kind of how I preach also. Well, I mean, it is how I preach. I don't have a manuscript script for preaching either. So I'm starting over with the notes that I have, and we'll see what happens in this episode. Um, but we're going to talk about influence. And back in January, I I asked for suggestions, things you want to hear, uh, topics you want me to cover on the podcast. And you sent me a bunch of them. So awesome. Love that. And slowly working through some of these over the next few episodes. And so this one, I want to talk about influence, specifically setting an example, holding space for others, and why we need both. Just talking about, it's a little bit cringy talking about influence. And that's, I mean, that's just our culture. Um, we're not, especially, especially in the church, right? Women don't talk about being a person of influence. Uh, it doesn't seem humble, but we're all influencing someone, whether we're influencing them in a positive way or a negative way. Depends on our character, our values. And no one is a positive influence 100% of the time other than Jesus, right? So, we all recognize, if you're listening to this, and myself included, um, that there are times we get it wrong. Um, there are times that we mess up, so we're not always 100%. And, you know, there's a learning curve as we, as we gain experience, as we grow in Christ. We're going to recognize that, hey, oh, man, ways, things that we behave, things that we thought we knew or understood have have changed and shifted over the years. And man, I wouldn't have said it that way before. You know, I, I tell my congregation periodically that I feel like I need to ask forgiveness for the first two years of sermons that I preached. We can be a person of influence and not be a positive influence 100% of the time. So take a deep breath. Uh, I, I need to tell myself that too, that it's okay. God is still using us to be an influence. So about five years ago, I would say, um, I was. it was a season where God, I felt like God kept asking me this question during my prayer time of what kind of leader do you want to be? So that was the question. It, it wasn't like, I think my first thought is maybe when you hear that question, it's not rhetorical. It's not snarky. Like genuinely asking me, what kind of a leader do you want to be? Because there are different kinds of leaders. There are different types of leaders. Some leaders are inspirational. Some leaders teach and equip. Some are freedom fighters. Some are voices for justice. 
right? Some create safe spaces for others. Uh, some leaders move the line forward. Uh, you know, God has called them to be the kind of leader that is stretching the boundaries, you know, being progressive in one way or another. Some are peacemakers and some are here to lead change. So part of Part of this idea of influence involves finding our voice. And it's not that one way of leading is better than another. William Wilberforce fought uh, to end slavery in England. Right? Christine Kane, some modern-day leader, uh, she fights to end human trafficking. And Martin Luther King had a strong stance for peaceful protest as well as racial equality. Someone who's a little more modern leader, uh, voice of our time that you may or may not know, um, Rachel Held Evans, who as a leader, her her goal was to bring awareness to destructive fundamentalism and then to really elevate the voices of women and persons of color within the church. Now, so there's many ways for us to influence others, our concentric circles of concern. But part of answering this question of what kind of leader do you want to be is finding a way to lead that fits both our, our purpose and our personality. So it's not that one way of leading is better than another. We need different voices, um, especially in general in leadership, but, we, but especially in the church, we need different voices advocating for different things. I mean, you just can't tackle everything. But when it comes to leadership, I mean, we're going to exhaust ourselves. So it's, it's important for us to answer this question, what kind of leader do you want to be? Because we can only spread ourselves so thin. And then being able to answer this question, what kind of leader do you want to be, will also determine how we set an example and hold space for others. Okay, so let's talk about setting an example, and then we'll talk about this idea of holding space for others and why, why we really need to have both uh, in order to be people of influence. And first of all, let me just tell you that it is really hot in my office. So there's just nowhere, like trying to record these podcast episodes, I used to record them at home, when everybody else was gone. But now that we have COVID, this whole COVID thing going on, like there's nowhere for me to record these. And I know like there's some people who are recording their podcasts in their closet, but y'all have a walk-in closet, okay? My house was built in 1958. My closet is, I think maybe four foot by four foot and is filled with stuff. So there's just no recording this in my pod bed or in my closet. And so I'm in my office, and uh, we don't have central air at the church, so we just have, like, a window unit and ceiling fans. And so you have to turn all that off. And right next to or to us, they are doing construction. So all day long, you hear that, you know, when you have heavy machinery and they're just they're beeping when they're backing up and moving stuff. Yeah. So you hear this beeping in the podcast, which I try to edit out. Uh, that's what it is. There's construction workers literally next door to our property. Anyway, it is really hot in this office. So back to setting an example 
and uh, holding space for others. This idea of setting an example is about character and values. Our character and our values. We have a tendency to confuse character and values with being right and being liked. And here's the thing. You are not always going to be right and you are not always going to be liked. I mean, if COVID has taught me nothing else, it has told me that not everyone is going to like me. You know, even if I was coffee and chocolate combined, not everyone is going to like me. Therefore, it's more important for us to focus on our character and our values when it comes to setting an example, because you're going to be wrong at times. Um, and you're just not always going to be liked no matter what you do. So our character, I mean, that's pretty obvious. You should, you should know character is, uh, you know, we, we want to have the character of Christ, right? So we are humble. Uh, we are the fruit of the spirit. So we're so love, joy, peace, patience. You know, we're people of patience, people of kindness, people of self-control. We have people, we're people of integrity, right? So our character matters. Um, but then also our values are important. And I found a lot of people don't really know what, they can't really answer the question, what are my values? Um, they might have like a generic understanding. Well, I value love, I, I value peace or whatever it might be. One of the classes that I had for my undergrad, they had us do a value, a value assessment uh, inventory. And so you get a sheet of about 100 values listed. And so if you've never done this, I, I encourage you to do it. So let me tell you how we did it. Brene Brown's book, uh, Dare to Lead, I think she has a value sheet. She might even have you work through that in that book. Um, but you can also Google it. So just Google list of values and you'll see some that will pop up. So you take the sheet and you just go through and you're going to draw, you're going to circle all of the ones that are important to you. But you want to pick ones that are like, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being this is an important value in my life. Uh, you want them to it to be in the 8 to 10 range. So don't, don't be, because you could circle all of them. We could say, oh, yeah, well, I'm sure there's a circumstance where this is a value of mine. But you, you won't be able to answer the question, well, most of the time, this is really important to me. And so circle all of those. So then you're going to discard all the other ones. So what I would do is you're trying to get that list narrowed down to at least 10, uh, 10 to 12, and then set it aside for a couple of days. Actually, I would say set it aside for about five days. At the end of the five days, go back to that list. The goal, your goal is to narrow it down to three to five values. Think about your interactions over the last five days and which three to five values on that list were the driving or motivating factors in all of your interactions or the majority of your interactions and your decisions, conversations that you are having with others. Once you've narrowed it down to three to five, then record these. So either in your journal, um, if you keep a, a weekly planner, yearly planner, usually at the front of those planners, there's a 
like a goal setting page, write them in there and paper clip them so that you can uh, go back to them and start recognizing how these values drive your conversations, your interactions with people, the decisions that you make, uh, your, your planning for the future. Uh, just begin taking note of these values because these values are going to be um, the things that influence others in your life. So let me give you an example. I know that one of my key values is belonging uh, or inclusion. I value belonging to a group or a place or whatever. And I also value creating a place for others to belong. This has played a huge role, obviously, in my congregation when we planted our church, uh, giving people a place to belong even before they believed. Uh, just It's a key value. So uh, one of the ways that this value has influenced others is by creating a place where people can belong even bo before they believe. Right. So understanding what are your values and then you couple that with your character. Right. We line them up with our character. Because I can have a value of belonging, and if my character was not in line with Christ, I can I could use that in an unhealthy way. So, so let's go back to what I said at the beginning, right? That our character and our values are more important than being right and being liked. Because there will always be someone who doesn't like you, doesn't agree with um what you what you're doing or the way you're doing it but when oftentimes when they understand the why right cuz character is who you are and but values are why you do what you do so if they understand the why behind your decision making but it it can often help Okay, I mean, they may not still agree with the way you did it, but they understand the motivation and why you're doing it. They understand the value behind it, and it makes a difference. Now, you're not always going to have that opportunity. We don't always have the opportunity to explain ourselves, which is why values and character work together hand in hand to influence others, that over time people begin to see our character. They recognize the values that are driving us even if they might even not even be able to articulate them, but they recognize them there, it still has influence in a positive way. Again, back to being right and being liked. You know, just doesn't matter how nice you are or how honest you are or how faithful you are. It doesn't matter about your values. There are just going to be some people who aren't going to like you. And... I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the one to burst your bubble that not everyone is going to like you. So let's talk about holding space for others, because this is this is why I think they need to go hand in hand, because you're not always going to be right and you're not always going to be liked. But holding space for others. When we put these two together, right, setting an example through our character and our values and then holding space for others, I think it strengthens our influence on others. And, you know, nobody sets out to be a person of influence. We set out to make a difference. My guess is if you, um, whether you are a pastor or you're just beginning to answer that call to ministry 
or you're a leader in your church or your community, or maybe you lead a nonprofit in the community that you set out originally to make a difference, not to be a person of influence. And yet, as we begin to make a difference, we inadvertently become a person of influence. So holding space strengthens our influence. Let's talk about what that means to hold space for others. Sometimes it's as simple as you hold space for others. When you hold a position of leadership, you are modeling possibilities to those who are coming behind you. So sometimes holding space is simply modeling modeling a possibility to someone else. So me planning a church and being a lead pastor, just that act alone holds space for women who are coming behind me who would say, I didn't know women could be lead pastors. I didn't know women could plant churches. I didn't know women could could preach. And so just by holding this position, uh, I'm holding space for women who are coming behind me. And, and whether you're male or female and you're listening to this, the position that you hold, the leadership position that you hold, you are modeling possibilities for those who are coming behind you. And every one of your stories is different. So your story is different from someone else's story. And there are things about your story that someone is going to see and, and they're going to relate to that story and they're going to say, I didn't know uh, that was a possibility. I didn't know that someone who struggled with mental health, um, that God could use someone who struggled with mental health. Um, I didn't know that God could use someone uh, who struggled with addiction. I didn't know that God could use someone who had a learning disability. So whatever it is, characteristics about your story, you're holding space for those just by modeling possibilities for others. But then I think that we can take it a step further. So once we have influence because of the example that we set, um, with our character, our values, uh, the position that we hold, uh, that we can literally then begin to hold space for others. Uh, let me give you a couple of examples here. Uh, when our new district superintendent, he's not new anymore because he's at what, seven years ago now? I think, it, I think it's seven. Uh, when he was elected, uh, he extended his position of influence and appointed me to the board of ministry. So he held space literally for me by expanding or, or extending uh, his influence and allowing me to step into that circle of influence, right? So sometimes we hold space for others or we influence others by holding space for them, by allowing them to step within our own circle of influence. Um, we pull them into it. It has been once once I planted the church, um, and we were up and running for a few years. I think we've been, maybe we were three years old. I started opening my pulpit for women on the district who had their district license um, and needed opportunities to preach. So I held, literally held space, right? I uh, allowed them to step into the pulpit. Uh, my, I took my influence uh, and allowed them to participate 
uh, and I pulled them into that circle of influence by allowing them uh, or extending an invitation, I should say, uh, to preach in the pulpit here. Uh, it influence that influences them and then allows them to also become people of influence. Let's think about this idea of our community. So we're very involved here in our community at Devonair. Devonair is actually the name of the community first. Uh, then we moved in and we adopted the name so that we are part of the community. This is normally our this is normally a very active season for us. So most churches, uh, Memorial Day to Labor Day, uh, kind of church light. But for us, this is church heavy. April to October is when we do the bulk of our ministry within the community. And just we have a lot of face time with our neighbors, a lot of opportunities. Obviously, most of that has been ended because of COVID or put on temporarily put on hold. So we've been looking for new ways to hold space and influence our community. So one of the things that we did was we had an art fair. The people in our community have side hustles. Think multi-level marketing. So Mary Kay, uh, Usborne Books. There's what, four or five different essential oil companies. Uh, but then also those people who have their own unique side hustle. So maybe they're, they're painters, maybe they do embroidery work, uh, make, create, design, sell jewelry, those kind of things. And all the craft shows and art fairs have been canceled. So what we did was we invited vendors in our community, uh, gave them literal space on our front lawn for free and extended our influence that we have in the community. Uh, people recognize us, they know who we are, and gave them access to a, a place that has a lot of foot traffic uh, so that they could, you know, make some extra money during the season uh, at their side hustle. Uh, and then, of course, we gave away ice cream and we got the benefit of having a lot of face-to-face -face time with our community um, that we've lost. So it was so it was a great event. I'm telling you this because of this exam. It's, it's an example of literally holding space for people in our community. Um, and so beginning to think of this idea of if, if you've already, if you have uh, influence in your community, begin looking for ways that you can draw others into that space of influence where you allow them to benefit from your influence. I guess here's what I want to leave you with. A couple of takeaways. One, I want to encourage you to do that value inventory. If you've never done one of those, you can either get Brene Brown's Dare to Lead or just Google it. And then I want you to start thinking of ways that you can hold space for others. Here's the key to holding space for others. It has to be someone who can benefit from your influence, right? Inviting uh, a district superintendent to preach in your pulpit, that's not holding space. <laughs> Right? That's not holding space for others. You're going to use your influence to lift up, to edify um, someone else who can benefit from your influence. Uh, when we did our, our art fair, our college students were the ones who coordinated and executed the whole thing. 
So we were holding space. We've done plenty of events in our community, outreach events in our community, uh, and we released them, uh, empowered them to benefit from the influence that we've already established in the community. So begin thinking of ways that you can influence others. Use your creativity and spend some time with God, asking him to show you ways that your influence can hold space for others. I think this is key that we really need to bridge those two together. So it's not just about setting an example through our character and our values, but it's also includes, it, it also includes holding space for others. That's all I have for you for this episode. And feel free to send me your suggestions on topics. 